Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Respect your team, value your leads, and appreciate the unlimited income potential that is offered to all of us through the network marketing uh, business model. If I ask you, what's your advertising budget? Right now, what's your advertising budget? And I think that's a question that you need to really think about uh, depending upon where you are right now in your career, on your journey, on your path, where you are now compared to ultimately where you want to go. And it'll be different for everybody that listens and watches what your advertising budget is. But I do believe that you need to know and establish, uh, I always called it when I was starting an advertising and education budget. And when I first started in the industry, many of you know I was working, had a good job, paid all my bills, uh, covered my insurance and everything. I had a good job in corporate America with IBM. So I was in a fortunate situation and I was doing, I was involved in network marketing not to make some extra money, but to get out of my job and to create a lifestyle and freedom. That's how I thought if I could make $100,000 a year and not have a boss, life couldn't get much better than that. So because of that, I was able to take every dime that I made through my business, deposit that check into a business checking account, and it was there to help me grow and expand my business. I put 100% of every nickel that I made right back into my business uh, my first three years without hesitation. So my advertising budget was 100% of whatever my check is. I'm not saying that yours needs to be. I am saying that your advertising and education budget should be based upon your ultimate goals, where you're going, what are you doing, what do you want from this profession, from your opportunity. Does that make sense? You have to have an advertising budget. You have to have an, a budget for education. You know, when your company has events, uh, you want to go to the company conference, you should have a budget for that. Uh, so, again, I believe, as we've talked about before, that you need to have a totally separate checking account for your business uh, with, this, with its own debit card and so on and so forth. So let me ask you a question. What would you do if someone gave you $100,000 today to grow and advertise your business? What would you do? What would you do? So, and, if, and you should know what you would do. Now, I'm going to get real and I'm going to stay real as we always try to do. I don't try to blow smoke. I just, but I want people to really stop and think because I understand that you got to really think through some of these things to really put everything in the right perspective 
as you move forward. You know, people are complaining about so many things that don't even matter as it relates to the development of their business. There ain't no shortcuts. There is no foo-foo dust. And, you know, what I'm attempting to do with the people that we work with is really uh, take you back to the future. Take you back to the future. Take you back to the fundamental skill sets, mindsets that ultimately develop real duplicating organizations of people. I don't like foo-foo dust. I, I'm not looking for some shortcuts. I believe and understand that there's a reason people win. There's reasons people fail. And a lot of it has to do with the culture in which they were raised within this profession. Uh, a lot of people just were so foo-foo dust that will never duplicate, as I've talked about many, many, many times. You know, the great Ted Turner of CNN, uh, from a, he said, what's your best business advice? He said, early to bed, early to, early to rise, work like heck and advertise. You got to advertise your business. Okay, you have to have budget for advertising, especially after your initial launch. After your initial launch, then you, you must, we talk about geographical credibility. We talk about at least five ways initially to create leads for your business. You know, we believe that drop cards is the number one way that every network marketer should be, should be implementing real quickly because they take no additional time in your day. And most people are part time. And while they're pumping gas, they can put out a drop card when they go pick up their dry cleaning. They can put three or four drop cards on the counter and so on and so forth, as you guys have heard me talk about thousands of times. But I would ask you, what are you doing with a hundred? If you had a hundred thousand dollars, what would you? Where would you put it? Would you invest it all next month? I wouldn't. I don't think that's smart, because if you have something that's creating gobs of leads, and right now your advertising budget is a thousand dollars a month, and you're generating enough leads to keep you busy then all you're going to do is create more leads than anybody could ever physically follow up with. So again, what's working for you right now? I know many of you are using safe lists and Facebook promotions and drop cards and pull tab pliers and uh, the list goes on and on and on and on. And some of you are doing things that create leads every single month like direct mail some of you have lead generation mechanisms in the marketplace uh, like funded proposals that we've talked about and other things that generate leads, but it's not consistently, regularly, it's sporadically, and that's good. It's like having a, 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 a magnetic sign on your car. Is a magnetic car on, a sign on your car going to create you know, 12 to 20 leads every single month consistently, regularly? Probably not. Could it create 200 if you're if you're driving a lot or on while you're on vacation? Oh, you know. It, so again, some lead generation methods are very predictable. You know, if you buy a list, which I don't necessarily recommend, but you, if you buy a list of network marketers and you call them and say, "I have a list here that one time you were interested in creating an income from home," is that still the case? Uh, I'd like to send you some information on what we're doing. Should I send it by email or physical mail? Uh, 
for every hundred dials, you'll probably get between eight and 15 people that will actually pick up today at the time of this recording. And that's only going to diminish as time goes on. But it's a predictable result. You know, okay, I call 100, I get, say, 10 that pick up from those 10. Three out of 10 say, yeah, I'd like more information. You send them the email. And for every 30 people, you sponsor three or whatever those numbers are. But they're predictable. But a lot of things are not predictable because uh, they're sporadic. You know, again, a lot of things that we teach. So we, we, we don't we try to do both because we understand the name of the game is sorting through people. Amateurs try to convince people, professionals sort. So if you had $100,000, what would you spend it on? Now, this is one of the most important things you'll ever hear me say because I've watched people come into this profession over the last 35 years over and over and over and try to do this, and it will never work. So please hear what I'm getting ready to say because this is, this is one of the things that makes network marketing different from every other business model on the planet. It's important that you understand what I'm getting ready to say. You can't throw money at a business that requires you to build a team. Let me say that again. You can't throw money at a business that requires you to build a team. So some of you would say, well, Dale, right now my direct mail, I'm getting 30% response rate. Awesome. Awesome. But what are you all you're doing is having someone raise their hand that says I might be interested. And you know what? Say that you're getting and you put one hundred thousand dollars into a direct mail campaign. and You've got more gobs of people than you could ever follow up with. And hundreds of them join you. So what? You can't throw money at a business that requires you to build a team. This is not about getting them in. That's part of it. You've certainly got to re recruit and sponsor people and establish customers. But it's about getting them in, keeping them in, and helping them move forward. That's why network marketing, in my opinion, is the most challenging business model in the world, but it's also the most rewarding. So what would you do with $100? What's working for you right now? What, what's working the best? You know, and again, you can't throw money at a business that requires you to build a team. The most challenging but rewarding business model in the world. Hear this now. Please hear what I'm getting ready to say. The network marketing business model is the most challenging but rewarding business model in the world. It's really hard until it's not. It's really hard until it's not. And I know many of you that I'm communicating with and I'm understanding more and more and more. I'm getting the emotions out of it. It's not near as frustrating and aggravating as it used to be. I understand the law of averages. I understand some will, some won't. So what? Somebody is waiting. I just get through the numbers every single month. I get enough people in my funnel where three to five pop out from those three to five. I attempt to get them started 
quickly and correctly. Some people peak the day they join me. They won't even call, return my call. Some people immediately return to me their 20 reasons top three list, their 50 names to practice with, and we get their business launched and we get the, we get the party started, so to speak. But you're understanding the processes, the systems, the path, the journey, the road that 27 percenters go down. And you understand that what you're doing can be and will be, because for many of you it already is, duplicated throughout your organization. It, it, that's the name of this game. It, your long-term income is a direct proportion to the number of leaders that are developed on your team. Leaders are developed systematically because personality is not duplicatable. Work ethics not duplicatable. Your personal credibility is not duplicatable. Your ability to close is not duplicatable. What can be duplicated by the 27 percenters on your team? That's where wealth is created. That's it, that's the game. Now, I wanna take a minute, I just wanna look at the traditional business pitch process just to kind of help hopefully put some of this in perspective. You know, and you can go watch a series of Shark Tanks and you'll see this. So the, the person comes out, they're wanting to raise money for their business, right? Why do they want to raise money? Usually for customer acquisition and expansion, correct? That's a traditional business philosophy process. Makes sense. So they'll come out with their pitch and they'll give their introduction. They'll tell about their team. They'll tell about the problem in the marketplace, and then the advantages of their product or service, why it's a solution. They'll give more details about their product and what, what makes it unique. Uh, then they give the transaction. A transaction means having a measurable set of customers to service just to prove the potential. So what is the upside potential of the market that they're trying to serve? So they get into transaction, how much is being spent currently to market, uh, what the market is. They talk about the comp comp competitors in the marketplace, who their competitors are. They talk about the business model, how what they're doing to create customers. Are they doing trade shows? Are they, you know, because everybody's doing different, has, has different ways to acquire customers, and then they talk about the investment they're looking for, how much they need, what it's going to be used for, and then it, then their contact information. But, uh, but on Shark Tank, as those of you that watch that, uh, then they're trying to get a deal right there on the spot. But in a normal traditional business pitch, they go through these 12 states, these 12 sequential segments, Intro team, problem, advantage, solution, product, transition, market, competition, business model, investment they're looking for, and their contact information. That's a traditional business pitch. Again, network marketing is totally different. We aren't looking for investors. What if somebody gave you $100,000 right now to grow your business? We don't actively go into the marketplace and seek investments, investors. We seek business partners. In network marketing, this is real important. In network marketing, growth doesn't come from raising more money for customer acquisition. It comes from the development of leadership. Leadership creates 
volume. Create leadership moves products. Leadership creates volume on your team and volume within any particular network marketing company. And it's just totally different from how most traditional startups and the funding behind those startups work. You know, some entrepreneur gets a gets a idea and then they find a co-founder and you know it's just an idea and a lot of times they don't always have a co-founder but a lot of times they do and then they do an initial round of funding which is usually from family and friends right what does network marketers do network marketers launch their business Intelligent network marketers launch their business geographically in their warm market, not asking people to buy, sell, or join, but asking people, please read over my brochure, tell me who you know I should contact. Or they contact business-minded people they know. They don't know if they're looking for a side gig income, but they know they know other entrepreneurs. Who do you know that I should contact? Guys, Common sense is common sense. Business launch is business launch. Yes, network marketing is different, but we can learn so much through the common sense process that traditional startup companies go through. And if they can get something off the ground, then they go through a seed round of funding. And maybe that's, you know, that can be uh, through an investment, through investment groups angel investors, and so on and so forth. They go through initial seed round of funding. What do we do after we get our business launched? Then we have to create more leads. We have to master, we talk about five ways to generate leads minimum to start uh, because it, you have to keep the momentum in the momentum. Uh, what happens after the initial initial launch is going to be depend upon a person's ability to create leads and we believe that every network marketer should ultimately become a master at lead generation and then if a, a traditional company happen, happens to get that far and they get through the seed round of funding then they get more you know with investment bankers and more traditional funding sources and they do a series a round of investing with the hope of one day going public and you know making all kinds of money on the initial stock offering. And when that happens, you know, a lot of people can join the party when the stock is introduced through an IPO. I mean, and guys, that's the process in traditional business. And and understanding that, so I, I guarantee you that people that go through a business school understand this concept, okay, especially if they plan on being a founder of a company. And network marketers, you know, we come into the marketplace and we never get a clear perception perception of what we're trying to do, what we're really trying to build. Again, your income in network marketing ultimately depends upon the number of customers slash leaders you create. It has nothing to do with the relationships you develop. It doesn't matter who you were in business school with. It doesn't. You don't have to be in business school. You can start network marketing with less than $500. But what do you have to do? You have to learn the skill sets and the mindsets of a network marketing leader. 
That's how you're going to grow. And everybody can. That's the beautiful part. You know, when you really stop and look at it from an income opportunity standpoint and what this profession offers, you know, around the world, if you worldwide, if you earn $32,000 a year after taxes, you are inside the global 1% of income earners inside the globe around the world. 1%. If you earn 100000 after taxes, you're in the top 0.08% around the world. If you earn 100000 before tax, you're still in the top 0.2% around the world. One of the reasons so many people you know, in society around the world, spend way too much money and overspend is it, it seems like we're in a world where everybody's trying to keep up with the Joneses are too conscious about the brand on their clothes and their purses and their cars. Uh, and we see it everywhere. And in America, it's created major debt all over the world. That mentality of keeping up with the Joneses. So a lot of times we're trying to keep up not really with the Joneses, but with a fantasy of how the Joneses live. And social media just makes it a thousand times worse. You know, people, you know, and I've said it before, they're going to go, uh, they're going to go to the ball game, even though they don't understand the rules of the game, just so they can take a picture and put it on social media of them at the important ball game. It's crazy. People, people are way, way, way too concerned about what other people are thinking. It's just, it's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. You know, really, most full-time network markers earn less than $100,000 a year. Most full-time network markers earn less than $100,000 a year. And the sad but true fact is most people that get to six figures are out of the profession in five years. They're gone. They're gone. Why? Because the grind it took to get there because they didn't have a clear plan. They never had the leadership development paradigm shift. They didn't really understand ultimately what they were doing. You know, when Don and I got married, I said, look, I only spend money on two things. That's it. Personal education and memories. That's it. Memories with my family, with my grandkids, with people that are in a tight circle in my life. And then the rest of my time is spent on personal education. I'm going to spend a lot of money every year on audible books, on library, on books that I buy at the bookstore. I'm going to spend an enormous amount of time on personal education just to shift through and get through as much as I can to maybe find a sentence or a paragraph that can be valuable to the market that I serve. That's the way I look at it. Always have. So $100,000 a year. Uh, less than 1% of people around the world are in this category of earning over $100,000 a year. 100000 is still a very high income for the majority of people. Uh, I believe that this is because most people uh, don't have the proper mindsets around money. Money makes you more of what you already are. You need money to serve other people. You really do. Uh, the causes and the, the, the foundations and the churches and the nonprofits that you believe in. Yes, you can devote your time, and time's the most valuable asset you have, but if you have money, you can really make a huge impact for organizations that you believe in. 
So most people are, are not raised to really have a money mindset, as you know Kiyosaki talks about in Rich Dad Poor Dad, which if you haven't read, you probably should. Uh, they don't believe that they can earn X number amount of dollars. Like anything with another zero doesn't make sense. And uh, it is what it is. You know, I sincerely believe that all people from all free enterprise countries, countries around the world that offer free enterprise, no matter what their age, no matter what their background, no matter what their current abilities are when they enter the network marketing profession can earn a hundred thousand plus a year with the network marketing business model if they develop and this is a big if if they develop the right mindsets the proper skill sets and apply them consistently over a three to five year period with the focus to belt to develop other people that's the leadership development paradigm shift i talk about a lot most people, they come in the profession, it's all about them, their work ethic, their following, how many people they can do, what they can do, how they can do it, how, hard, how much harder they can work, how they can expand, and they never have the leadership development paradigm shift. Uh, they don't, and, and that's what it's ultimately all about. And the problem is, once you really get this, most people think when they join that they have to do it with the skill sets and mindsets that they enter the profession with. Most people think that if they try to learn from a mentor, it's a sign of weakness, which is all hogwash. But that's just that's just the game that we play. That's the market which we're in. As Brian Tracy said, the best leaders don't create followers. They create other leaders. So who can make $100,000 a year in the world? Who can do it without an education? Who can make $100,000 a year without an education? And if you look at the top 15 industries where people make $100,000 plus a year, you know, it's just your common, what you would think, real estate, physicians, architects, uh, judges, uh, high-level academic uh, universities, uh, people in financial services, uh legal services, people that own construction companies, computer system design and services, et cetera, et cetera. The top 15, you can go and do any search and you can see where they come from. And I would argue, and I even hate to say this, but it's true. I would argue that most six-figure earners in network marketing were not intentional learners. They learned through osmosis. So I would argue there's a lot of people can earn a six-figure or have earned a six-figure income in network marketing that were not intentional learners. They kind of hung out and learned through osmosis. That I've seen it, watched it for 35-plus years. So if we look at the demographics according to the U.S. Census data, they say in the United States 5.4% of Americans make $100,000 a year. 5.4% of Americans, that's pretty high, especially when you compare it to people around the world. I want to communicate that I believe, I know, the road to a full-time income and the development of duplicating teams is predictable in network marketing. Now, please understand this 
and I can't say it any stronger. I didn't say the road to a full-time income is very predictable. I mean, of course, the number of people that made six figures in network marketing is legendary. I said for years, the people that get to six figures are a dime a dozen. It's legendary. Legendary. You know, it's legendary. But see, for me, it always has been and always will be the road to full-time income and development of duplicating teams. That's how you really win. And I believe that is predictable as well. I've talked about it in, for years. If you haven't seen the webinar over at MLMHelp.com, MLMHelp.com forward slash road, R-O-A-D, uh, you can see the road to $10,000 a month, which is a full-time income for most people that enter this profession. Again, I think we should quit talking about 100000 start talking about $250,000, $400,000 a year. Because if you do it correctly and you do it systematically where people can plug in to the systems that, and duplicate those systems, then 100000 once you get to 100000 you should have a whole group right behind right behind you on their way there. We should have a whole other group of people behind them that are coming down the road who should have another group of people that are launching their business correctly. That's how it should look when you get to that point. So that's just the start. It's not the beginning. There's a reason, and I've talked about this many times, but there's a reason that you know, my income went from 92000 to 252000 because there was a whole group of people right behind me. And then a couple years later to $1.1 million because there was a group behind them. And then to $3.3 million and then to $3.8 million because that's the way it's supposed to be done. It ain't about Dale. It's not about my work ethic, my drive, my determination. It's about what can be duplicated and taught. What can I teach Sally, who can teach Jim, who can, de who can teach Juanita, to teach Dan? That's how you duplicate. The franchises have proven it. It's just kind of the way it is. So I believe you found the right business model. I know you have. Success comes ultimately from becoming the right person, not finding the right person. Every time I hear somebody say, I've got to go find me a leader, it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth. I've got to go find me a leader. It just makes me want to throw up in, in, my, in my mouth because the industry has become one that all we've done over the last 15, 20 years, really all we've accomplished is just recruiting each other from deal to deal to deal. And then we wonder why. The profession is in a state of dissipation. It's crazy. The right person is the one who's hungry, willing, to, and willing to be taught. See, there's a lot of people that are hungry, but again, if they think if they take direction, if they take direction, it's a sign of weakness. I don't understand how that's been developed, but I know it has. Maybe it has something to do with fifth place trophies on little league teams. I'm really not sure. You know, but the the level of people that think, well, I joined, therefore I'm entitled to have success without going to school and getting the right education, it's just kind of overwhelming at this point. So the right person is the one who's hungry, willing to be taught, so ultimately, ultimately they can teach others. Because your long-term success is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that are developed on your team.
systems can be duplicated, personality drive, work ethic, credibility, uh, EQ, IQ, so on and so forth can't be. The best leaders were first grade followers. And you can look at the mentorship that Warren Buffett had, Steve Jobs, and the list goes on and on. The best leaders were first grade followers. Last concept, one of the last concepts I want to share with you is value your leads. Value your leads. You know, I was doing some research and it said that the average, the average, it gave the, the cost, the average cost to develop a lead in different industries. Like in healthcare, it's 26 to $50. Uh, travel and tourism, it's 26 to $50. Uh, software, it's 51 to $100 for a lead in financial services. Uh, 51 to 100 uh, consulting marketing 26 to 50 I mean you know you look at this list of the top industries and in, in the lead cost uh, the minimum is $11 on this list you know up to over 100 average lead cost just to generate the lead not to create the sale or not to as in network marketing terms, not to enroll a new person, just to develop a lead. And, you know, we don't, I think as a profession, don't value our leads at the level that we should. So I'm going to, I'm just going to communicate, please value your leads. You know, we, we really try to teach the systems that will help people do that. You know, when someone buys your product, you know, that's why we teach a very specific three-day, 14, 29-day follow-up system with different companies and different products and services to value that lead because if they buy one time, they're just a suspect. You want to keep them as a customer. They're very valuable. If they buy one time, they're a suspect. If they buy twice, they're a prospect. Three times, then they're a customer. Your best, some of your best team members builders are going to come from your customer base. They're going to be people that were first satisfied customers. So you guys know the systems that can be duplicated that we teach are around this philosophy, this process, this very systematic ways to do it that can be taught and duplicated. It's not, you know, the go sick on customer generation program. Franchises don't duplicate by, you know, putting all the tools in the restaurant and handing somebody that's never been trained or never taught how to use the tools, you know, the keys to the restaurant and say, go make your hamburgers. It's very systematic. There's a reason McDonald's has Hamburger University. And then those who join your team, you know, we've, we've become an industry where everybody's just focused about how do I get them in, get them in, get them in, get them in, get them in. It's not about just getting them in. It's about getting them in, keeping them in, and helping them move forward. People progress when the systems are in place. You know, the core fundamentals we talk about, when those systems are in place, some people, you know, if you say, well, go do it. You've been around this thing for 10 years. Go do it. No, they, they got 10. They got one 
mediocre year repeated ten times. So when you at, when someone joins, it's you know we have a very systematic way of, of building out your team and helping you grow your customer base and your team members. Do you want to get plugged into our systems, or do you want to do it on your own? When they say, oh, I think I'll just do it on my own, i got plenty of experience, then let them go do it. And anything that they do is a bonus. Anything they do is a bonus. If they say, no, Dale, I want to get plugged in what I need to do. Uh, so peop- those who join, they will progress from someone who joins you to someone who actually launches. Did you feel that shift? So the progression is you have to take people from someone who joined to someone who launches their business. And as you guys know, the launch is, you know, 50 confirmed no's. And we teach very specific launch processes depending upon different products or services. But the ultimate goal is they get 50 confirmed no's, and hopefully they do that within within 90 days. And these are people that they never tried to convince to buy, sell, or join in any way, shape, or form. It's referrals from people that they know. And again, I'm not going to try to rehash all that. But I think it's important you understand this progression. Somebody joins. So they go from someone who joins to someone who launches. And once they get launched and they get their confirmed no's, then... They will become a future leader, and future leaders are, are creating multiple ways to generate leads. They understand play one, play two. They understand customer acquisition, three-day, 14, 29-day follow-up. They understand the only reason to, to retail is ultimately to recruit, but once they sell the product once, the goal is to help people you know, give them a discount so they can get referrals, which is the most valuable lead that they can have and they get referrals and they they understand the systems and they're creating new leads they're taking care of their existing people that have just purchased or teaching their team how to launch correctly and you know real true duplication starts around this time yes they're going to have a lot of people that will sign and peak the day they join the app the day they sign the application everybody does but ultimately, you want to take somebody from someone who joins to someone who launches to a future leader who is progressing, working towards the skill sets and mindsets where they can personally recruit three to five new customers slash team members a month. Once they get to a point where they can recruit three to five new customers slash team members a month, they know they understand the lead generation process, the systems. Once they get their skill sets to that level, guess what? They get to control their own destiny here. That's for all people. That's This is the way it works, guys. You know, we can keep recruiting each other over and over and over and making the same, shooting ourselves in the foot. Or we can just stop, take a breath and say, you know what? If I build people, people build the business. I'm in the leadership development business and have the leadership development paradigm shift. Ultimately, you want to get everybody. The ultimate goal is get them to a point where they're a true leader, not by title, but by understanding what develops other leaders, and you want to develop true leaders that you can delegate to. That's the goal. 
once you get to that point, you're you're so far ahead of 99.999% of the people that have ever entered this industry. The best lead is the one that you create yourself. Every time someone responds to any type of marketing, advertising that you do, only three, four things will happen. Number one, obviously, they join. And once they join, then it's the same process. Are they going to get launched? Can you help them get launched? Are they going to develop multiple lead generation systems after they're launched to get to a point their skill sets to three to five a month? So ultimately, they can become a leader that you can delegate to. But the lead itself, once they're either going to join, if they join, you get them launched. And then the same sequential process over and over as we talked about. So we just said again. It's, it's so monotonous, but it just works. I mean, you know, I get tired of pulling up to Starbucks every single time, and they say, welcome to Starbucks. What can we get started for you today? Maybe they should mix it up a little bit. I don't know, but I know what I know that, that scripts duplicate and personality doesn't. So anyway, the best lead is one that you create yourself, and then every person that that every lead that you create, they join. That's the first thing that can happen. The second thing is can happen is you can scratch them off your list and hope you never see them ever again the rest of your life. You know, there's some people that you just don't want as part of your organization. There's not that many, but there's a few. Uh, they're just rude, crude, negative, and would be more trouble than they would ever be worth. And when you run across those people, my advice is don't ever communicate with them again the rest of your life. Scratch them off your list permanently. Permanently. Then this third type is what I call a general database. And this can be done uh, through email, through an autoresponder system. It can be done, you know, a physical database of some type. Okay, so you, and I really recommend both that you have, you know, their their postal mailing address as well as their email address. And the reason I want their postal mailing address is let's say that I'm doing an event in Chicago. I like to be able to go in and say, who do I know in Chicago? Who's in my database? You know, maybe I can, I can meet up with them while I'm in Chicago. And every, and then the fourth type is Eagle file. And every person that you meet in this process that you connect with, that you like, that's positive, outgoing, that knows how to communicate. Communicate. You know, that you're communicating with them when you're talking to them, you're not giving your spiel, and then they give their their spiel response that they always give. I mean, somebody that you can really connect with, communicate with, that you would love to work with, then those people go in your eagle file, and they're contacted every 90 days, as we've talked about many times before. So Eagle File, every person that you that you create a lead is going to be one of those four. Enroll, they, they join, you scratch them, they go in your general database, or they go in your Eagle File. Value your teammates, guys. When somebody joins, I mean, ultimately, you're looking for people, ultimately, that you can go down this road with, that you can get in foxhole with. I've said that many times, and that's what I believe. I just... And, and those people are few and far between.
but you're looking for people that understand the mission, understand the mission, can get their ego out of the way, can can get plugged into uh, the franchise approach, and can really focus on developing other people, getting them launched right, everything that we always talk about. So you're looking for value. You, you got to value the teammates. When somebody does join, help them, encourage them. And if they're not willing to do it, then, you know, move on until they know why the how doesn't matter. This cannot be neglected. Earl Nightingale taught us the strangest secret. So 20 reasons, top three, step, always step number one. Then guide them in the launch of their business with their first 50 names until they have 50 confirmed no's. We've talked about this many times and help them avoid the foo-foo dust because it's not easy, guys. This business is hard until it isn't. <laughs> it's difficult until some of this gets in your comfort zone. You know, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of what somebody else thinks about them takes most people out of most entrepreneurial endeavors. So help them avoid the foo-foo dust because there's a lot of foo-foo dust spreaders in every niche, as we all know. Care enough about them to tell them what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. And that's not easy to do. I was reading a 27% uh, member uh, comment today. He said, I had a difficult conversation with a team member, but it ended up being a good one. And my reply to him was, I think it was Tony Hunt. I can't remember, but my reply was, that's what leaders do. That's what leaders do. That's what leaders do. Leaders don't stroke people's ego, high five, you know, call them a rock star. And everybody on the team knows that that person hasn't talked to their mama yet. And see, that's what we've done. We've become an industry where we're just trying to recognize people just because they're on auto ship. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So it's what it's why we are where we are as a profession. Uh, care about their reasons as much as they do. Care about their reasons as much as they do. So the system refinement is created with action. Most people are not taking enough action to refine their skill sets and mindsets. You cannot become good at a skill if you don't practice it enough. And most people are not going through enough play one, play two, following up, uh, you know, retail to recruit. They're not doing it enough to develop skill. You know, there's a reason Liberace practiced the piano for eight hours a day. Perfect practice makes perfect. Well, Dale, I just don't have enough people to talk to. Well, whose problem is that? Then you got to master, then it's real simple, okay? you got to master lead generation. What are you doing to create leads right now? Well, I, I kind of create all my leads on social media. Well, obviously, you, aren't, you don't have enough. So you've got to expand outside of that. What's your advertising budget? Huh? What's your advertising budget? Well, Dale, I, you know, I kind of, I don't really have a budget for advertising. I just kind of do it when I need it. What? What are you talking about? Be true to yourself, please. Please be true to yourself. Drives me crazy. I just, it's just, it's just the amount of self-delusion is overwhelming. Well, Dale, I was told if I just keep blogging every day that eventually, you know, I would position myself as an expert and people would come and, 
and and you know they would want to sign up with me because I position myself as an expert in this profession and I blog every single day without fail. Guys, the number of conversations I've had like this over the years, it just it's like sometimes I just have to slap myself and say, Dale, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and why is a profession we have not thrown and under the bus and backed over and, and run over again the people that have propagated this false information in the marketplace blows my mind as well. The people that are supported by people that are too in, they're they're smart enough to know them better. It's just it's just it's just it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. So appreciate the upside income potential of this industry. Help people launch twenty reasons top three fifty to practice with. Uh, help people master the two step recruiting process, the customer acquisition system with the referral process, uh, the distributor retention process which we will be covering in detail for 27% of success members next month. And then after that, we'll get into more, even more lead generation methods, a lot more to come for 27% of success members uh, over the next couple, three months, uh, and just keep on rolling. System refinement is created with action. You, you can't refine until you're practicing enough. Perfect practice makes perfect. And again, you have to understand that people on your team, they got to get on the field to win the game. They got to get on the field to win the game. And you can look at your organization right now and you see them. I see them. Uh, you will see them very clearly. You got tailgaters, people just kind of creeping, hanging out not taking any action, just want to keep in the know on what's going on, make sure they aren't missing nothing. <laughs> you have tailgaters. You have people sitting up in the stands so they can get a little bit better view of the game. You get a little bit closer. They'll log on to your conference calls or webinars, you know, every couple of weeks or so. Then you got people in the dugout, and, you know, they got a really good view of the game, and they're on every webinar conference call that you do. And then you got people on the field with you, man. They're playing the game. They're playing the game. You know, they're playing the game. They aren't going to miss a sign from the third base coach. That they they understand. They're in the game. And ultimately, what we're all working towards, and this can only come through time and uh, honest communication and time and experience. Ultimately, guys, you want people that you can delegate to people that will get in the foxhole with you and this is more important not just get in the foxhole okay a lot of people are in the foxhole a lot of you have people right now in the foxhole with you okay but you got to have people in the foxhole that got your back that are willing to pick up their gun and that's probably a very impolitical thing to say i don't really know don't doesn't really matter if it bothers you i apologize not really you know, you just need something to complain about. Uh, and I'm not saying, you know, um, gun violence is a good thing. So please understand what I'm trying to communicate because I don't want, don't send me.
don't send me your email. What I'm saying is that you're looking ultimately for, in this business model for people that get in the foxhole with you and are willing to pick up their gun. Because and pick up their gun, what I mean is by that they're willing to take action. Action takers. Action takers. Action takers. That's what you're looking for. And if people aren't taking action, in, in my mind, it's my fault. Because I haven't been able to identify what is their hurdle. What is their hurdle right now? And then give them a third-party book, audio, some kind of resource to help them get over their hurdle. I don't want people with hurdles. Now, here's the thing. Once they jump the hurdle and they start running, guess what's it on down on the other side of the track? Another hurdle. But if, if as leader, as leaders, our job is help people identify and jump their hurdles. That's ultimately what we want to do. And if you do that with people consistently and they get to where they wanted to go initially, their expectations will so far surpass. The reality will so far surpass their expectations when you build it based upon systems that, you know, ultimately uh, it develops a really strong bond. And that, so you need people that are willing to take action, pick up their gun. And people, you know, once, once they've gotten there, it's really interesting for me. My whole thing is, can they handle the spotlight now? Some can, some won't. Can they handle the spotlight? So again, I'd ask you, what would you do with $100,000? And I hope you understand at this point, we're not. this is different, okay? Again, you cannot throw money at a business that requires you to build a team. It's the most challenging, rewarding business model in the world. It's really, really hard until it's not. Until it's not. And your comfort zone will expand, and when you know you're on the right track, and you know, hey, look, these McDonald's restaurants with this, these demographics produce about $210,000 a year in income for its owner. And if I will get plugged into Hamburger University, then it should do the same for me. And that's really kind of the mindset that you have to approach, you know, what we're trying to communicate and teach to you guys. And, and I know it's different from Joe's Hamburgers. And I get that, you know. I, I keep going back to a lot of the stuff that I've, you know, heard over the last couple of years. And the hardest part for me is try to, many times with, with people that have been around this industry for a while, is to try to help them uh, quit, uh, help them uh, erase a lot of the unfounded ideas that they've been taught. And that's that's not easy. So I hope this has made sense for you guys. I hope it's made sense. Uh, your long-term income is in direct proportion to the number of leaders you develop on your team. Please respect every lead. Respect your team members. And, and respect the upside, unbelievable income potential that this profession offers you. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www. 
mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.